0: This is Food First Michigan on 760 WJR, sponsored by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food secure state, and by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan. Now here are your hosts, Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Welcome everyone, and thanks for listening. I grew up in the deep south. I say I'm from LA, which means lower Alabama. And I'm old enough to have seen racism in living color. George C. Wallace was my state's governor. Water fountains were labeled one for whites and one for colored, and it was wrong. I invested a portion of my one handful of life living, working cross-culturally in East Africa for nine and a half years. I worked in Kenya, Tanzania, and Uganda. And there I led groups to build the first schools and teachers' housing in the Bavuma Islands of Lake Victoria. From South Alabama to East Africa, I have seen racism in its many forms, injustice perpetrated on people for no other reason than they belong to a different tribe or look differently. I've seen women mistreated because it was culturally okay to do so, from third-world poverty-filled countries to first-world riches. Racism and its cohorts of inequality and inequity take root in young people from one generation to the next. At some points, I felt I didn't have much to contribute to the conversation about race and equity, but a friend of mine, Donna Marie Brown, put me straight. Phil, you are white, and you must be at the table having this conversation. Otherwise, it will never change. I never want to be a part of the problem, even if I am. And I do, however, always want to be a part of the solution. Today, I have hope. Hope because the conversations about racism and equity are more candid than at any time in my lifetime. And with that, I hope, comes positive change. A leader in this field, the Chief Equity Officer of Feeding America, Amy McReynolds, has a story to tell a viewpoint to share, and she is our guest today on Food First Michigan. Welcome everyone. We're back as promised. Amy McReynolds, the Chief Equity Officer for Feeding America. And Jerry, you didn't know this. A graduate of the University of Notre Dame. I am. Welcome yes. to the Thank show, Amy. That.
1: Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. It's, it's great, great to have you. It really is. I mean, I you know, I have to say this. It's sort of a I knew her when. Right? Oh, right. I knew her when. I knew her when she only had like a hundred impossible tasks to do. <laughs> and now she's got about eight hundred. But you could not have a better person leading the equity work at Feeding America. Everybody knows Feeding America is the national food bank. It's right. the it's it's got some significant responsibilities to help all of us food bankers get better at so many things. And Amy, we are so proud of you and we are proud of the work that you're doing and you know tell our listeners how did you get here from right
2: Uh, certainly I was not a seven-year-old thinking oh I want to be chief equity officer (laughs) one day Uh, but you know I spent about 20 years in business and industry working in human resources uh, for lots of different organizations internally as a consultant uh, and and just decided that it was really time for me to use my experience and my passion in a different way. And I had learned about Feeding America probably a couple of years before that. It was right when the name change happened. Uh, And I was really following Feeding America and the work that was happening. And uh, a a position opened up in the human resources department. So vice president of talent. And it was this position that was a culmination of all the things that I had done. I thought, Mm. hmm this is interesting and I went for the interview and thought oh I need to be there I need to be there and I needed to be there for a couple of reasons I uh, my parents wonderful people both were teachers in the Gary community school system in Indiana Hmm. Uh, and I spent summers working with my mom sometimes and there were children who were coming to summer school who hadn't eaten
1: it's so hard to see
2: yeah they had, this was uh, fourth graders, right, coming to school, hadn't eaten since lunch the previous day. And they were coming back and they were going to have breakfast and lunch that day at school. And so I remember those moments. And to be able to come full circle, hmm. to honor the legacy that my parents have embedded in me and the work that they've done, to be able to engage in work that aligns the role that I have and my soul, the connection and passion I have for this Mm -hmm. work is a real blessing. And so, you know, I came into the organization in this human resources role and got closer to the mission and said, I I need to be doing something else. Like I want to do something more. And thankfully folks saw uh, in me transferable skills and I moved into a different role into the organization, focused on programs, so supporting our Feeding America network with programs that they were operating on the ground, uh, and have since like left my human resources hat behind, mm-hmm. and have been very fortunate to take on the program's role, to be able to support this amazing network in so many ways, uh, and then recently have been named the first Chief Equity Officer at Feeding America. So it, it is. It was never
1: in my plan, but boy, is it such a part of my plan. Well, and as I said, we're so we're so proud of you and proud of your work. It's a, it, you know, to I, I've been involved in this network for mm. a, over thirty years. From when you know I was one of the chief development people for a for a big agency that works with the food bank, yes. and so I've been aware of the food banks for a long, long time and you know the, the the industry has matured so much mm-hmm. and and we recognize so many of the things that are interrelated to the to the mission Of having a food secure community, right? And equity is something we've talked a lot about. Um, Now you know you can't just talk about it. And the good thing about food bankers is we're feet on the ground type people. Yes, we're like, okay, we talked about it. Now what are we going to do about it? That's (laughs) right. And and it's exciting to see the kinds of things we're thinking about doing and and kind of grappling with all the various elements of equity. You know, the the a lot of people don't think about the rural inequity mm-hmm. that exists in food distribution mm-hmm. because who thinks about it right unless you're in rural communities. that's exactly right, <laughs> right. that's, that's right. exactly right which by its nature there's less people yes. you know and yet that's a really huge problem that i know you're tackling and and uh and and the issue of how do we make sure that we in the food banking industry have people that represent the people we serve mm-hmm. on our boards on our staffs in decision making across the board, those are really important issues if you're gonna give people food they want and need. Yes. Right? And so it's, I mean, and I'm just, I know I'm just scratching the surface, and so I wanna toss it back to you, and I don't know if we still have time in this segment. Uh, What, how would you describe the work that you're doing now?
2: Yes, so I would say, I, I heard you articulate, Jerry, is right on point. The way that we are thinking about this work is where are the disparities in food insecurity that exist in this country? And they exist around race and place. And so thinking of, and, and sometimes the intersection of both of those, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, how how can we, as a national organization, help support members of our network, members of the Feeding America network, in working in their communities to identify where those disparity gaps are happening to help build relationships, to provide funding to support the work, um, and lift up the learnings. That's what we do so well as a network, right? How do we share learnings with one another about what we're doing? So I see that as a critical part of the role of our equity work, as well as supporting this network in its own equity journey. Um, And we're in different places, right? We're a diverse network, so being able to create on-ramps for lots of folks to learn and engage in the work, right? Not just talk about it, be about it, like you said earlier, Mm -hmm.
1: Jerry. I like that. Don't talk about it. Be about be it. Be about yeah. it. Uh, and yeah, I,
0: he's going to steal that. I
1: will. I will <laughs> and you can the first
0: time. <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. sure I've stolen it from someone else. So That's the rule. Yeah, that's right. Once you, if you if you hear something you like, the first time you have to give credit. I see. The second time you say, You know, uh, I read, I heard. <laughs> the third time you go, The other day I was thinking. <laughs>
2: that's the so it'll be his yes. by the end of the week. Excellent. Excellent. Well,
0: Enjoy it. That's, that's beautiful. And, and I would. Let's take a quick break, but before we do, I would just lift up some of what you said about race and place, Amy. You know, God forbid that we ever go through another public health crisis Mm. like this pandemic, but I do think there are learnings that the pandemic taught us about equity, in particular race and place, that we would not have learned otherwise. Yes. And so I think pulling those things out, like the disparities of early on in the pandemic about who had access to vaccines and who didn't, who was dying from the from COVID-19 and right. who wasn't. Right. And those are hard things to look at, but I'm thankful that we are looking at those hard things and, and trying to make it right.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and they existed, right? They existed long before the long pandemic, before. right? But the pandemic helped to shine a light and there is energy and momentum and wanting to do something different.
0: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and and you know I think about just the concept of right and maybe even righteousness mm. that to do to do something about it. As Jerry said, you know we're you we're hey we're about changing the conversation, right? But we're also about you know not just being about it, but we're also about what can we do. I butchered that one pretty good. <laughs> right?
1: You did, you did. What yeah, that's it? what is it. <laughs> You can't just talk about it. you got to be about it. That's All right, it. That's it. That's All it. right. Well,
0: we're going to be about coming back in just a minute. All right. With Amy McReynolds, our Chief Equity Officer at Feeding America, Jerry Brisson, Dr. Phil Knight here. We're back in just a moment. Contact the Food Bank Council of Michigan at fbcmich.org. Now back to more Food First Michigan with Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Welcome back, everyone. Jerry Brisson, Dr. Phil Knight with you as always, and our special guest, Amy McReynolds, Chief Equity Officer for Feeding America, who's in studio. A lot of times we have people on the phone or in Zoom or something, but Amy, you're here in the studio, and we're honored that you're with us, and we're thankful you made the trip. Thank you, Phil. It's great to be here. I'm loving the energy in the studio. It's good. It's great. All right, Jerry, you got a pretty important question for Amy, and you won't let the rest of us talk until you get that <laughs> up, until you get that out. I so. know
1: it's so. Yeah, that's how it works. But you know, <laughs> I, we talk about network, and I want I wanna just explain real briefly when we talk about network with Feeding America, we're really talking about the the two it's just over 200 food banks yes. and and our partner distribution organizations and state associations that serve every county in the united states including alaska and hawaii that's right and and, and last puerto rico year did hmm. yeah and puerto rico yes. excellent yeah and last year 6.6 billion pounds of food was distributed through that network that's so when right. we talk about network in this context that's what we're talking about when we talk about network in michigan we're talking about the seven feeding america food banks in michigan plus the 2800 partners that we work with to directly serve families and those are pantries soup kitchens, shelters schools community centers i mean all of the people on the ground which are almost entirely volunteers. Yes. So, so I just want to make that distinction so our listeners, when we use the word network, we know for this show we're really talking about all of those people, but specifically that network of food banks, all of whom are separately incorporated, all of whom have their own boards of directors, right. all of whom are working locally to figure out what's the best local solution, and they are in every state, red, Ooh. blue, purple and everything in between right right. so we have quite a diverse group of people working on this but one of the reasons we feel hunger is solvable is because there are such a that's right huge number of people that want to see it solved yes and so with that the question (laughs) is what is the most exciting thing Ah. you're going to do this month Well, Jerry, thank you for asking.
2: I'm so excited. Uh, So the most exciting thing we're going to be doing this month is actually making our initial round of grant awards to members of the Feeding America Network through what we call the Food Security Equity Impact Fund. So the Food Security Equity Impact Fund was um, seeded through a donor of $20 million, and that was seeded last uh, March. Uh, We decided, right, we don't want to just talk about equity. We want to do something. And Mm. so we decided to do something. And this fund is focused in a few different ways. One, it's focused on addressing disparities of race, so focused on communities of color. It's also focused on uh, leveraging so many of the partnerships that already exist you talked, jerry about the local partnerships that are happening here across the state of michigan there are those partnerships all across the country that are part of the feeding America network plus new partnerships that may have developed during the pandemic right as people again began to realize who they weren't serving in communities and so how do we work with different partners to do that and new partners that we are not working with today, right? So there's a lot of folks that that we want to bring into this Mm. big tent to help solve hunger in this country. And so we are awarding at least $5 million and we are hoping to award it to anywhere between uh, up to about 20 organizations in this initial round of funding. Uh, the fund is really aimed at addressing root cause issues around food insecurity. So certainly food distribution could be part of that, but also beyond that, how do how do we shift the need for food? How do we shift the need for charitable food? and how do we address it in a sustainable way? So I am so excited about the fact that we're going to make this initial round of awards. I am, uh, if any of you have seen that meme of Kermit like biting his nails and nervous, (laughs) that's me every day with this because it's the first time we're doing something like this. Right. And I am loving talking to food banks across the country about the ideas that they have, about the partners that they're working with. I am loving making connections with community-based organizations who want to work with their food banks to mm-hmm. be able to gain access to this funding. And I am so excited to read through. Uh, we we had a, a maximum of 200 folks who could apply. We had 69 proposals come through wow. for this initial round of funding. And uh, excited to be able to make awards by the end of the
1: month. So that is the most exciting thing I am doing this month. That's exciting. You know, my My wife is in the business of giving money away. I'm mm-hmm. not going to say anything more specific just because I don't want to get her in trouble with what I might say next. There you <laughs> go. But I, I will tell you this. I would rather ask for money than give it away any day of the <laughs> week. It is hard to give money, so money away. It will be so difficult. It is. Well, and part of the reason is because there's so many good people That's right. that need it, right? That's and right. so you're always going to have to say no to people who deserve it, but you just can't say yes to everyone. That's right. Um, but what an incredible effort. I mean, you know, $5 million is a significant amount of money. Um, and and going through the process of asking people to do their best, which is kind of how I think about these opportunities, right? It's, it's not enough to just do what you always do, but to really do your best to think about what would matter the most.
2: Yes. Because mm.
1: those are the proposals that win. That's right. Right. The ones that win are the ones that really put in the time and the thought. It doesn't mean that there's a guaranteed path to success. Sometimes innovation fails, right? That's right. But but to do your best to look at what that impact could be, that's some pretty exciting stuff. Yeah. We believe that, you know,
2: this funding is meant to be very flexible. We didn't put a lot of parameters around the proposal. We said, work with your community partners, right? You have access to $500,000. What would you do if you had that kind of funding in your community to address food security? And so uh, we had parameters around how people have to report on it, how you have to spend the money. We really wanted people to bring us their very best ideas and to be able to um, uh, support that work with building trusted relationships, and we believe in doing that, and making funding available for communities that often have so many barriers to access to funding, uh, we can improve community level food security.
0: You know, it, it that's, I'm just blown away by that whole the the entire work, the mm. scope of work there, uh, and the potential impact it can have. I mean, it, we talked about it in the last segment the right thing to do the the righteousness of the work about equity. And you know this is this could really be the momentum that mm. helps turn the tide like you said before yeah. the the pandemic shown the light, but these things have been here. they've been a part of our culture, they've been a part of our history uh, but now the opportunity, for communities to really grab hold of this and and grasp it and you just think of the learnings that we can gain from addressing the inequities around access to food that we can apply to other areas, you know, like health access to healthcare. That's right. That's right You know, right. so it's it is about food security, right? Yes. That's our mission. Yes. But the the learnings can apply to so many other disparities, education, access to quality education, access to quality health care.
2: Yeah, everything you're mentioning, Phil, I mean, as I have began, begun to read through some of these proposals, right, folks are thinking about all of the aspects that impact a community's ability to thrive, right? So yes. food is, is one piece of that puzzle. Access to health care is another piece, education is another piece, right? Um, civic engagement right and bringing Mm -hmm. voice to make a better community all of those are things that i'm seeing come into the proposals that are being brought forward so uh, it will be a very difficult task Um, the good news is as a result of just so much interest in this fund we are going to run another round of funding in the fall and then another round next spring for sure so again I'm like Kermit biting my nail (laughs) so you don't have to say no you can say wait we could we could right we could and I'm hoping that We'll be able to garner even more support to be able sure. to do
1: more as well. You know, uh, one last thought on this topic, and that is, you know, we have big challenges, right? And, and, and big challenges, not just in food security, but a lot of big challenges yes. as a country and as a world. Mm. And I'm absolutely convinced that you cannot rise to those challenges unless you take advantage of every potential out there every single potential and if you do not address equity if you are leaving people behind it's like cutting yourself off at the knees before the race even Mm. starts you cannot win without maximizing everybody's potential you can't right and so it's so critical to be doing this work so that we can make sure you say that communities thrive thriving communities mean we
0: are always putting our best foot forward that's
1: right that's right that's Look, right. we got
0: to take a quick break. I'm sorry, but you're right, Jerry. I hate to say that on air, but <laughs> you know, a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. So we want to make sure that we're strengthening everybody. We
1: believe in the people we serve and everything we do is an investment that pays huge dividends. This is not
0: about, this is not charity, it's investment. That's right. So, all right, Amy McReynolds, Jerry Basson, Dr. Phil Knight, we're all three going to come back to be with you. So we want you to come back and be with us. Food first, Michigan. Once again, here's Phil and Jerry. Welcome back, everyone. We're back here. Amy McReynolds, the Chief Equity Officer for Feeding America, our National Food Bank, Jerry Brisson and myself, Dr. Phil Knight. We're back here. Amy, you're you're leading this work. And I think Mm. that that, I don't know, it inspires Mm. us that we have someone and to be a part of an organization that has embraced this. And one of the conversations we were having um, out in the parking lot was, you know, uh, along this idea that it can't be, and we hit on it earlier in the show, it can't be about virtual signaling. Right. It has to be real. Yes. And this is, I just sense this is our moment. Yeah. You know, I had a conversation with a friend of ours who's been a guest on the show, Donna Murray Brown, who just recently... Resigned at the Michigan Nonprofit Association, but is going to take a national position here soon, moved to Louisville. Donna grew up, had periods of her life that were food insecure here in Detroit. And and when the issue of or the challenge of equity came up in a CEO group, mm-hmm. there's, you know, several of us, you know, uh, 60-ish uh, older white guys in the room and we were like, you know, I, don't, I just don't know what my role is in yeah. this conversation. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't feel like I have anything to contribute. And Donna looked at us square in the face and said, you guys have to be at the table. That's right. That's you right. have to be at the table. So that was probably a little bit of a way to say you're part of the problem <laughs> <laughs> and, now you and, need to be a part of the solution part of the solution but it's, yes you know it's true i mean it's it is our history you know and uh, a book that i read recently um by isabel wilkerson mm. says that you know when you buy a house and there the roof starts to leak you can't go to the previous owner and say hey the roof's leaking you gotta need to come fix your old roof and you can't go to the builder It's your house. You have to fix it. And when you inherit that house, it's your roof to fix. Yes. So this is our problem. That's right. It is not a problem in the history. I didn't do any of this. I didn't do these things in our history. That doesn't work. Right. This is our moment. This is our time. And it is our responsibility.
2: Yeah. I I think all of those points, Phil, are so salient, right? Uh, Equity work is not for people of color in this country. It's for all of us. It's for all of us because of, you know, we talked earlier about thriving communities. Thriving communities benefit everyone. They benefit everyone. And
1: so I'm ready to say amen. Okay. (laughs) I'm ready.
2: Don't just say it. Don't be ashamed. Yeah. So um you know it's so important right yes uh part of the problem and part of the solution right it's important to have allies in this work or some might even say accomplices right like don't uh you know drive drive the bronco with me right like be in there with me let's do this work together and it is hard work Mm -hmm. it's hard work if it was easy work we would have done it a long time ago but it's difficult work it's challenging work it's personal work and it's institutional work. It has so many layers and levels to this. And I I have the privilege of being able to engage in this work with my colleagues at Feeding America, uh, with my colleagues across the network. Uh, and we're learning so much, right? Like you, mm-hmm. you mentioned, I'm leading this work. I often think of myself as a leader learner because sure. that's what I am every single day in this work. I certainly don't hold myself to be an expert But I'm learning every day about how to how how to lead this work and how to support others in engaging.
0: Well, I like what you said. If if it was easy, we would have solved it a long time ago. Absolutely. So let me piggyback on that. Uh, If it was easy, God would have someone else doing it besides you. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) So that and and you're doing it and you're getting the word out. In fact, you have your own podcast that discusses this the combination of this work of of equity and food security so tell right. tell our listeners about yeah, that
2: yeah thank you so i do we we launched a podcast in the in the middle of the pandemic called elevating voices ending hunger and the purpose of the podcast is to really elevate voices of uh, individuals grassroot leaders Uh, community-based organizations, national partners who are leading the fight to end hunger in this country, to address and create a more food-secure future. And they're doing it in so many different ways. I had a wonderful conversation recently with uh, individuals who have gone through an advocacy training program, right? To be able to share their story Mm -hmm. and to be able to talk with lawmakers, to impact and create policy change in their communities and to hear their vision for what they would like to see 10 years from now was so inspiring. And it's a question that I ask at the end of every podcast, what do you see happening ten years from now as a result of what you're doing today? Huh. And I and I am inspired by everyone's answer, and they're all different, right? Everybody has something different, sure. unique, and diverse that they're bringing to the table to create a more food secure future in this
0: country. So Jerry and I are going to become subscribers. How do we do that?
2: Yes. Yeah, so you can subscribe to Elevating Voices, Ending Hunger on Apple iTunes, on Spotify. And I believe Google also has a, a similar Google Play. Yeah, yeah thank you. Yeah. I, I don't I'm not I'm an Apple girl, so I don't I'm know an about Apple the girl. Google He's world. A Google Play yes. though. <laughs> yes. but you can def- and you can also um access the episodes coming to the Feeding America website, so feedingamerica.org. If you type in Elevating Voices Ending Hunger, it'll take you to a page where you can also access all of the episodes.
0: Elevating Voices Ending Hunger. Yep. That's, boy, we should have thought of that name. You know,
1: I like the ending question, too. I hope you're ready to answer it. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Here we go. Let's do it. Uh, so the question was, what do you see 10 years from mm. now being different as a result of what you're doing today? Yes, yes.
2: I think one of the things that I see is just uh, more uh, visible uh conversation about food security in this country i see more people under I, I have a vision of this big tent right and they're all of the community partners you talked about and even more right there are folks who are doing work uh, amazing work through our food banks and with their agency partners uh and there are other organizations that we are working with in community and could be working with more so i, I see that there i see I hope for, I pray for an agenda that, uh, a policy agenda that is much more favorable and supports people who are struggling with being able to put food on the table in their homes um, and, and dealing with uh, policies that allow for uh, greater support to create more thriving communities to support families who are in need. Um, hmm. And I just, I see, I see change happening. I see it happening at the individual level, but I also see new systems being built and us leaning into those new systems as well. So I I have a a, a big vision for what could be happening and I know that it's going to take all of us to engage in in bringing that vision to life.
0: Yeah, I, I there's a couple of things that pop out to me there. Mm. So I would say like the alignment, the the creation of new new systems but the alignment of the current systems i i would think to make sure they're we're getting the most out of this uh i think is a is a good thing but here's the thing i want to pick out of what you said which is i think you said a clearer conversation about food insecurity in america yes wow that would be that you know like it's you know it's not in the shadows talking about we're not whispering about it anymore no it just be we we you know like i i know that there are we know that in michigan every community has food insecurity but there are yet those in some communities that won't own that that's right so what you're talking about is a conversation that's in the daylight that's right and that's not unique in michigan right that's
2: that's something that we see across the country so, yes, something that is in the daylight, right, again, shining that spotlight on this need, reducing the sense of stigma that that uh, people either feel or uh, is given to them, <laughs> right? right, for not being able to um, get access to the kind of food that they want and need. So, absolutely, right. an out-and-above-board conversation.
1: Last word, Jerry. So, so- What we're talking about here is something that that we think is central to our work, and that Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. we don't serve needy people. We serve people who are worth investing in and who contribute to our success as a community. Right? We don't do this work because there's a needy person that that needs it. Yes. We do it because when we walk with people on their journey, whatever that is, we are making an investment in them and that investment will come back to us a hundredfold. That's right. Because they are contributors to our success. We are important to each other. It's Mm -hmm. not a one way relationship. Yes. It is central to our work. Right? And when the narrative changes to that, everything about how we talk about this work changes yeah there's a great
2: song that I listened to a a gospel song and it says I need you to survive we need each other to survive and to thrive in this country so that is why
1: I do this work And we are so proud of you and what you're doing with our network and with all the people you come in contact with and with your podcast and all the people you're reaching through that. Thank you so much, Amy. It it makes such a huge difference. Thank you,
2: Jerry, Phil. Proud of you all as well and so glad to be connected with you and be here with you today. Thank you for having me.
0: Amy McReynolds, the Chief Equity Officer for Feeding America, our national organization, the National Food Bank. That's Jerry Brisson. I'm Dr. Phil Knight, and the both of us are back in just a moment to wrap up this edition of Food First Michigan. We're back, Jerry Brisson, Dr. Phil Knight here. That was Amy McReynolds, the Chief Equity Officer for our National Food Bank, Feeding America. I really like Amy. She
1: is delightful. I mean, every chance I've ever had to work with her and all her various roles that she's had over the years, she's just delightful. She's great to work with. She's a smart, enthusiastic, caring person, and, and it was great to talk with her.
0: Well, I said in the monologue, Jerry, that she has a story to tell and a viewpoint to share, and she did that. And I, you know, I'm more encouraged now than at any time in my life about racism and inequality and inequity because the conversations are more candid than they've ever been. And they're clearer. Mm.
1: You know, it's it's not just a matter of posturing, right? It's a matter of deeper awareness and understanding. And then what do you do with that deeper awareness and understanding? So I really appreciate the thoughtfulness that goes into this work. Mm -hmm. And it's not just, you know, I mean well I said posturing but there's a better word that we've used before Um, I I think we've got to be more than than ideology based we we have to really deeply understand people's lives and in food banking we talk about walking with people yes and it is so important to walk with people and that means everybody right and that means understanding where everybody's coming from and spending time deepening the possibilities for making positive change
0: and I think listening, right, is the key to that. I mean, I guess that's why God gave us two ears and one mouth, right? To to be able to listen, to hear people's story, because there's some parts of that story about racism in America that you and I are just not going to understand because we didn't live it, but we can listen. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. Time for a little food for thought. Earlier in the show, I mentioned reading a book by Isabel Wilkerson. The book is called Cast. Well, not like a cast on your arm or the part you're assigned in a play, C-A-S-T-E. Although being cast into a role that is being played out on the long-running play called American Slavery that officially ended in the year 1865, but yet still lives on in many aspects of life, that's the type of cast we're talking about. From the colonial days of early slavery that was built on both religious and economic impact to the Jim Crow laws I grew up with in Alabama, putting people in a container to forever be less is wrong, unrighteous, and the results are the disparities that we live with today. I for one want to be a part of the solution and commit to you that our network will serve whoever needs help wherever they are and will work to make equity a cornerstone of how we do our work today and in the days ahead. We will start by putting and keeping. Food first for everyone, folks. Food first.